0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Saint Narsai Hub of the Spirit podcast. Today we have been blessed to be joined by the Patriarch of the Assyrian Church of the East, His Holiness Marawa Awa the Third, Rule. Your Holiness, on behalf of the College, I would like to thank you in advance for joining us for this special podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's my joy. Thank you. Your Holiness, I would like to start with the first question: How do you remain close to your faith despite living in a Western world? Uh, That's a very good question. I used to live in the Western world. I'm in the East now. But uh, I believe you've been growing up in the West, of course, in the diaspora. So, as you know, faith is a very important element of who we are as Assyrian Christians. And particularly the faith of our Holy Church, the Assyrian Church of the East, uh, which is embedded in the minds and hearts of each one of us from a very, very young age, um, I believe one of the important ways of battling, if you will, the the various challenges we have in the West and in the diaspora, is to keep close to God and the Church. So from a very young age, I was involved in church activities such as the Sunday School, the youth group, the choir, and then gradually growing into um, the age where one could uh, receive holy orders, being a subdeacon, a deacon, and so on. But all of that began with, uh, with deep faith in the Lord and being close to church. Now, before that, I have to say that, of course, the faith that's imparted to us by our parents, our fathers and mothers, in the family, unit, in the context of the family, has also been very important. Because we know that the faith doesn't simply begin in church, it grows in church, it's nurtured in church, but it has to begin in the home because that's the seed of the church. And in fact, the home is, is, is a little church. It's a microcosm of the church. So the faith was imparted to me by my parents at home, and of course, that was nurtured through various um, church activities that I participated in from a very young age. Thank you, Your Holiness. You're welcome. I've got the next question for Your Holiness, very similar to Gabrielle's. Um, with society moving further away from Christ, what advice would you give to the youth that are facing the struggle? Well, Lucas, that's a very good question, because many of our youth do face various uh, struggles in life. And uh, for some, it is a question about their faith. It's doubts about their faith, Um, not attending church, possibly not even believing. That's a sad thing to hear, but we do have youngsters, our own Assyrian uh, youth, who and the reason for that is because they've been affected by the environment around them, which includes the school that they go to, whether it's high school or university and, and various other factors. But I think the anchor uh, for our youth is the church. Now, we all have a great expectation of the church to do everything for us, and the church in various locations does quite a bit for us, in fact. Here in Australia, you're blessed with a primary school, a high school, with a strong youth group, and various other activities that the church provides and, um, and, and gives for the spiritual nourishment of our faithful. But in, there are other places where they might not be so blessed, or because simply they don't believe, they don't participate in church activities. Mm-hmm. So my recommendation would be more for the parents, actually, to keep their youngsters and their children uh, close to God first in a a family setting that's uh, faithful, that prays together, fasts together, goes to church together, and to make sure that their children from a very young age attend church services, take Holy Kurbana and participate in, in the liturgical and in the prayer life of the church. Because that's not simply for the priests and deacons. That's for all of us, and especially for the children, to grow in the knowledge and love of God. So the parents actually are the ones who need to be vigilant about that. Because we don't want any of our youth to reach 18 or 19, maybe even earlier, and they're at the stage where they've already um, gone so far away from God that it's difficult to bring them back. Oftentimes, Especially if they get involved in drugs or other things that really destroy their lives. So I think parents have the primary obligation to make sure that their children are grounded in the faith. And if we do have youth who do get into trouble or who have various issues and challenges, I would encourage them to go to church, to speak with their priest, or to a deacon who serves in the church, who maybe works with the youth, whom they could relate to, maybe even open up to, and to seek spiritual advice from them as well. That's great advice. Thank you, Your Holiness. Barakhamar, was there a pivotal moment in Your Holiness's life that led you to make the choice in pursuing a future serving Christ and your church? Well, uh, we say that when one receives holy orders in the church, whether as a deacon, as a shamasha, as a priest, and even as a bishop, and ultimately as a patriarch, we believe that all of that is a vocation meaning that one is called to that ministry. And the one doing the calling, of course, is the Lord. Just as Jesus called his disciples, who were fishermen or tax collectors, and he called them to be not simply fishermen, but fishers of men. And he called them to be participants in the divine work that he accomplished. And it, it's the same with uh, the priesthood, with those who enter holy orders. So <laughs> first and foremost, we always believe that God calls various people to serve him uh, in different capacities, in the ordained priesthood, of course, which is reserved for men. Then we have those who serve in the church in other capacities, and we, we believe that, that too is a calling from God. But with regard to your question, um, I did feel my vocation or realized my vocation from a young age, and as I mentioned, that was nurtured by the fact that my family was close to the church, within the church often. I was blessed to have um, older priests, much older than myself, who became mentors for me. Um, I remember my late predecessor, Mardanka, for example, was a, as a mentor as I was growing up in Chicago because he was heavily involved in the life of the church there, especially with the youth group. He would visit us often when I was in the youth growing up, and he would come to to choir practice when I was in the choir. So those images are have always been with me, and I think they've um, played a role in, in shaping my own vocation, first as a deacon, as a young deacon, and then as a priest, and later on being called to serve the church as a bishop, and now as patriarch. So those are various um, elements that always play a role in one's vocation. Uh, and I give thanks to God for having such good mentors and good spiritual guides that God, the Lord had sent my way during my early life, uh, which helped f- my formation into the priesthood Thank you owens Thank you. Um, as the newly consecrated patriarch of the Assyrian Church of the East, what goals do you have in, does your holiness have in place for the church in the upcoming years wow that 's a A rather all-encompassing question, but uh, first and foremost, I would like to see, during my patriarchate a strengthening of our various dioceses all around the world, and that requires um, pinpointing where we have weak points or weak spots in in various um, work that the Church does all across the globe, and how we can help parishes and dioceses that are Uh, struggling, if you will, with certain things. So it's important to get all of our dioceses on the same page with that respect in order to have the various basic institutions that the church uh, promotes, such as youth groups, choirs, Sunday schools, um, religious education for the youth, and other such activities. Um, The other goal I would have is to continue promoting Uh, the relationship between the Assyrian Church of the East and other Christian churches, and we have various official and non-official dialogues with a number of churches, because I think it's important for us to um, not simply to open up, but to be open to dialogue, to be open to exchange with our fellow Christians. Obviously, there are things that we can accept and cannot accept from different churches, but just to promote the, the dialogue, which is an exchange of fraternity and of our shared faith in Christ. Um, and promoting the faith of the Church and the history of the Church, especially among our young our youth, um, we're in need of, of more good active priests in the future. And that simply doesn't come by calling a deacon and saying, we want to make you a priest. Priesthood really begins early on, the formation of uh, of the life of a young man. So that love for God and for the church is impressed upon him. So that when he does make it to deacon, then he can more easily hear the calling of God. And there are other issues, of course. There's uh, issues of church unity amongst uh, the Church of the East. That uh, it is my prayer that we can heal those divisions within the church within the nation as well, because we need to come together as a church and, and as a nation that is so dispersed in the world today. I think division is really one of the major, major challenges that we have that will, um, that will not allow us to reach the goals we want to reach as a church, as in a people. So I'd like to see a promotion of exchange among our various church, ecclesiastical and ethnic uh, That's great. Thank you, Your Holiness. Your Holiness, you have graduated from various theological degrees. Why do you believe it is important to be educated in Christianity? Well, you know, the Church says in her prayers, um, education is like a light and uh, like a lamp. meaning It guides the path of one's life. When Christ came and preached the gospel, he gave a divine knowledge to his apostles, and he gave a divine teaching, which was from God himself. So God is always instructing us, from the time of Adam all through the Old Testament and the New Testament, and Christ instructed us with his divine teaching, with his revelation. So God is always teaching humanity, and the church carries that understanding as well with uh, a teaching that is from Christ himself and it is a life-giving teaching. Our clergy, uh, which includes the bishops, the the prelates, and the priests and deacons, in order to meet the challenges of our faithful today, need to be educated, need to be where they must be in order to address the issues that we have among our faithful. And these issues are issues of faith, of course, and oftentimes they're issues of a social nature. How do families live together, the family context, Uh, the marriage relationships? Oftentimes we have issues with that. There are marriages that are falling apart. So for a priest to adequately serve his parish, and for a bishop or a prelate to serve his diocese or archdiocese, he must have um, enough education in order to be able to speak to the needs of his faithful. And, of course, the Church has the teaching we've received from our fathers, our holy fathers and our forefathers. And when we couple that with many of the technological means we have today and and the social uh, advances that we have today, we can then adequately address the needs of our our faithful. So education is definitely important, theological education, and the social aspect of education which allows us to speak to our people even in terms of their various needs in life, their family needs, marital needs, the the needs of youngsters growing up as youth. Thank you, Your Holiness. Does anyone have any questions for His Holiness? No. Would Your Holiness like to add anything else? Well, I want to thank all four of you for this wonderful podcast. It was a joy being with you. And I'm really encouraged by your own dedication and your faith and the education that you're receiving through the good graces of the Church, and um, I'm really happy to see that uh, St. Narse Assyrian Christian College has done quite a bit, and you're a, a, an example of the fruits of that. Thank you. And so thanks be to God, and I'm very happy to be with you and, and you. to share this time with you and to, um, to be encouraged uh, and uplifted by your own dedication and your own faith. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you all. Um, This brings us to an end of our podcast. We would like to thank Your Holiness for taking time at your patriarchal visit to educate our St. Naseh community. We pray that God may continue to hold your hand and guide you along His perfect path.